I don't know if you heard about the story, but on January 18th of this year, a really tra- a, a sad tragedy happened out in Utah. You see, on this day, there was a father and a son that were going out just to enjoy the day together at a place the father described as a place that they loved to go to where it was just a special place for them. And there they were doing what they loved to do, snowmobiling together when tragedy happened. An avalanche took place and buried the father and son. The father was able to dig himself out of the snow But after hours of trying, he tried to dig his son out, and he called for help, and help came, and they did everything they could, but they were unable to save his son, who was said to have been buried under six feet of snow. You know, and in that moment, as he was reminiscing what had happened, the father said this, I am an extremely strong man. And in the moment of physical need to save my son, my strength availed nothing. I was useless and shifted my strength to God. I relied on him knowing my nothingness and trusting his great power to give me strength to know that someday we will, each, we will see each other again by virtue of Jesus Christ. You know, what great strength the Father revealed there in his moment of dark struggles you know, I think we all have a struggle, and that, we, that struggle is control. And in a moment that w- when we think that everything is going our way, in a moment where we think we have control of the situation, tragedy tends to happen, and we lose it all. And so often we lose control in our mind, and we are so consumed with anxiety and fear of situations that may happen. And it just beats us down. And let's just be honest. I bet every one of us has fears that consume us. And if we're real with ourselves, many of us probably have anxieties that consume our minds and just beat us down. And if you go to the Old Testament in Psalm 94, it's written, When my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your consolations delight my soul. They delight my soul. Do you know consolations means comfort that is provided after you lose something or after you face a disappointment in life? And so often we feel like we lose control when life does not go our own way. We feel like we lose control when the good life that we really wanted does not happen. And this message series I called Beyond Me, it's a two-part message series that we're starting today and we'll wrap up next week. And I developed this after I read the book by Mark Stewart called Losing My Voice to Find It. This is looking beyond ourselves to seeing what really is the good life. And in the book that Mark writes is about his story. You see, he was once the front man of, of what is my opinion, the best Christian rock band that ever existed, Audio Adrenaline. He was the front man, and, and they were on top of the world through the 90s in the Christian artist industry. But you see, his story kind of came to a conclusion with the band, with his personal struggles. This book shared how they came together, the highs and lows of the band, but more importantly, the personal, personal struggles that Mark endured throughout this whole journey. And his journey came to a dark struggle when he lost his voice. You see, the band ended when he could no longer sing. He couldn't even really talk anymore. His voice was gone. And also in that moment, his wife had left him. His marriage was over. And the last song that Mark Stewart ever recorded with the band Audio Adrenaline was the song that we just sang called Losing Control.
And in that moment, in the darkest days of his life, his voice was gone. His marriage was over. He faced an uncertain future. He sang those words. This is what it feels like to say goodbye. This is what it feels like for a man to cry. It's when God came down and walked beside me. And I wonder if we're all honest with ourselves. We struggle with control. Seems like in life we work for this good life. The right job, the right house, our family dynamics, everything that we want in life is what we call the good life. And we work so hard to achieve that. But the reality is sometimes life just happens and we realize we don't have control of the situation and we lose it all. That's what happened to Mark. And that's what happens so often to so, to so many of us. And what this happens is it creates fear within us. Because let's be real. We have these anxious thoughts that consume us. They just seem to multiply within us. And, and we just have these dark struggles within our own hearts and our own minds that consume us. That creates fear within our minds and our, in our, in our hearts. And the reason we get so consumed with those anxious thoughts is because life stinks. Sometimes life just happens. We don't want to admit this. We don't even want to think about it. But sometimes suffering comes our way. It just happens. Life is not a great thing sometimes. And it beats us down. And the heart of our suffering is losing control of what we feel is the good life. If we're honest with ourselves, that's the heart of our suffering so often is losing control of what we want, of what we feel is the good life. Maybe it's good health or a good financial standpoint or good people that surround ourselves with, our family or friends or whoever they may be. And in the moment when suffering happens, it tends to be we lose those things in our life because this world stinks. And sometimes we are so overwhelmed with pain and we lose control of, of this world and what we desire, and we're just bro broken. You see, I believe the dark struggle of our soul is, losing, is, lose, is um, losing control. That's the dark struggle of our soul, is that we feel like, I want to control life. Let's just be honest. Some of us are control freaks. Some of you are a control freak. I am a control freak. My family were saying, preach it, Bill. And you might be sitting there saying, well, I don't really know if I am a control freak. I don't think I really have control issues. Well, let me share some symptoms of people that may have control issues, okay? This is from Psychology Today, and here's some symptoms that you may have issues with control. Number one, you're always correcting people when they're wrong. If you're always correcting people or writing notes to people and telling them how they're wrong, you probably have control issues, Number two, you're always trying to win the argument or have the last word. You, know, you always want to get that little dig in, don't you? You want to be the last one to speak. You might have control issues. Your refusal to admit when you're wrong. You're never wrong, right? You're always the person who's right. You might have control issues. Judging or criticizing other people. You probably have control issues. And here's the fifth one. This, when I read this one, I was like, what? Okay, this is me. 
If you have some problems with a little bit of driving rage, you get a little grumpy behind the wheel, you probably have control issues. You know, studies and statistics have revealed that people with a high need for control often get very frustrated behind the wheel. So if you're a frustrated driver, you're probably a control freak. And I'm there with you. I'm a control freak. You know, and maybe sometimes we become control freaks because something has happened in our lives to cause us to feel out of control. That's probably, if we really want to get real, is what happened. At some part in your journey and your good life, whatever you term the good life you're trying to achieve in your life, when you felt like you were losing it, that's when you felt more uh, in the in seat of, I got to control this. And that's the problem. You know, for me, what is the, the issue that I have with losing control, where I become more of a control freak, where all the anxiety bubbles start popping up in my mind, you know what it is? The health of my family. It's something that I have no control really whatsoever. And then when we get news or we get something that's in question, all the anxiety, everything inside me starts going crazy. It's the control, right? We try to control it. What is it for you? What it causes you to feel a little bit out of control in your life? We all have something. What is that? You know, in the Old Testament... There was a man who had everything. Everything was going well. He had what the world would classify as the good life. And then in a moment, he lost it all. His name is Job. And I really encourage you. We don't have time to go through all the depths of his story. We're going to share some highlights. I really encourage you to read his story in the Old Testament. But Job was a man who had it all. And his his story started like this in Job chapter 1 verse 1. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless, upright, fearing God, and turning away from evil. Job was a man who had the good life. At least the good life that the world would classify it. Everything was good. If he was living today, he would be richer than Bill Gates. He had all the wealth. He had everything you could imagine. A great family, a bunch of kids. You know, everything the world could provide. And he made all the right choices. In fact, in describing Job, God, the creator of everything is, said this. There is no one on earth like him. Could you imagine someone said that? Now, that's what my wife tells me. But if God would say that, that'd be pretty awesome. There's no one in the world like Bill. Could you imagine if God actually said that about you? God said that about Job. He made all the right choices. He did all the right things. He made all the right steps. Life was good. Then tragedy happened. Then tragedy happened. As the story goes, and I encourage you to go read it, Satan was roaming the earth and kind of going back and forth, and he comes to the presence of God, and God goes, Satan, what are you doing? Well, I'm just roaming the earth, looking for someone to go after, you know, just trying to figure it out. Because biblically speaking, Satan could never go do anything without God's permission. And so he's basically coming to God to ask for permission. And God says, well, have you thought about my man Job? I mean, there's no one on earth like him. He would never turn against me. Well, of course he won't turn against you because you always protect him. All right, game on. 
And so then God says, you can go after him. Here's some of the boundaries. And then Satan goes down and he puts on a full out assault on Job. In a moment, servants are running to him left and right. They're saying, Job, we got attacked from this nation in the east, and they destroyed all of your livestock. Everything is gone. And right when that servant said that, another servant came in and said, Job, another nation attacked us from the, from the west, and everything over here is destroyed. And so another servant came running and said, Job, this huge wind came blasting through and knocked down all of our buildings. Your kids, they're in all the buildings. They're all dead. And in a moment like this, bam, 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 Job was just nailed left and right, left and right. And in that flash of an eye, Job, who had everything, lost it all. His wealth, gone. His property, destroyed. His kids, they're all dead. And the Bible says in that moment he tore his cloak and he poured ashes over him, which at that time was a, was a sign of complete mourning and distraught. And the Bible says he fell to the ground and he worshipped. That didn't make Satan too happy. So then we find Satan going, walking around, going back up to the king, God's throne, roaming around. God's like, Satan, what are you doing? Well, I'm just walking around all the world looking for someone to go after. Well, have you thought about Job? There's no one on earth like him. Yeah, well, I went after him, but you still had all that protection on him. If you took away all that protection, I bet you then he wouldn't go. I bet you wouldn't worship you. All right, game on. And Job, God gave uh, Satan permission to go after Job again with some more boundaries. And Satan went down and he attacked him and he gave him these nasty boils, some of the worst skin ailment you could ever imagine. It deformed him. It was so itchy and painful. And the Bible says he would just break pottery and just scrape himself and scrape himself because he couldn't do anything else. And in this moment, Job, who had it all, lost it all, and he was completely broken. He was at the lowest point you could ever imagine. And in the pit of his dark struggle, three friends came with the intent to comfort him. And watch, look what happens when they came onto the scene in Job chapter 2. The Bible says when they lifted their eyes, that's Job's friends, at a distance and did not recognize him, they raised their voices and wept. And each of them tore his robe and they threw dust over their heads toward the sky. Then they sat down on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights with no one speaking a word to him. For they saw that the pain was very great. Job was broken. He was so distorted from everything that was going on, they couldn't even recognize him. He was at the lowest of lows. And this whole journey with Job, it's a journey through suffering. This might be the hardest book in the whole Bible for me to really read. You know why? Because of how real the suffering is. And if you're like me, so often when you turn on the TV and you start seeing suffering, you, you quickly turn it off or you want to look the other way. Why? We don't even want to think about it. But Job forces us right into it. You've got to realize the reality of suffering and the journey through it. And that's Job's story. And Job realized in this moment he had no control. He was in a dark place. He was broken. And when his friends arrived, they saw how broken he was. And they, all they could do was sit with him silently for seven days. They were so broken, they didn't even have the words to say. 
They didn't know how to express anything to him. They didn't know how to encourage him because of the brokenness that was there. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been so broken, whether it's you or you're with somebody in such a dark situation, that you just don't even have the words? You're, you're lost for words. You know, ministry, I've been there. I remember sitting in a hospital room with a wife and her son as they received the news that their husband, his father, would not survive the accident of that day. And it was time for them all to begin to say their goodbyes. I just remember sitting there. It was such a broken environment. I had no words. There's nothing I could express to make it good. There's nothing I felt I could express to provide comfort. It was just a broken, broken environment. And life just beats us down, doesn't it? Have you been there? You know, in these moments when we're so broken, I think we often have a sense of feeling alone in our dark struggles. It, just to make it worse, it seems like life has beaten us and beaten us and beaten us, and we feel so alone. And so many times I feel that we can be surrounded by a bunch of people physically, but emotionally we feel so alone. Have you been there? I've been there. You're in a crowded room, but you feel like no one's there. It's a hard place to be. And on top of all of that, we have to deal sometimes with what I like to call the well-intentioned dragons. You know who they are. They're the people in your life, family or friends or somebody, who they mean well, but all they do is tear you down. And they just beat you up over and over and over again. And you just feel like, I feel so alone. They're there, they're talking, but it's not helping. And just emotionally, I just feel alone. I feel broken. And Job had these well-intentioned dragons in his life. He had them, and they were just beating him down, and they were destroying him. He had to deal with them. The first one was his wife. After all this happened, Job chapter 2, then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. Ouch. That hurts, doesn't it? I mean, Job's wife says, You know what, Job? It would be better if you were just dead. Just die. That hurts, doesn't it? That's a well-intentioned dragon who's just beating him down. And on top of that, the majority of Job's story is his interactions with his three buddies who came to encourage him and comfort him, but did anything but that. They weren't encouragers. They were beating him down over and over again because what they were doing is they were telling Job, hey, Job, you know what? It's your fault all this happened. You know, you sinned. You made bad choices. That's why it had to have happened. And so you're suffering because of your own choices. Have you ever had people say that to you? How bogus is that? And we get beat down by the people around us. And that's what's happening to Job. And he's just sitting there with his wife and his three buddies who are just telling him, you, you messed up. You did this. You need to get yourself right. And rather than comforting him and strengthening him, they're just beating him down and beating him down. And all Job could say in Job 16 was this, I have heard many such things. Sorry, comforters are you all. You guys are sorry comforters. 
All Job was looking for was someone to encourage him, someone to support him, someone to be by his side, and maybe someone just to pray with him. Instead, all they did was condemn him and blame him for his pain. And these well-intentioned dragons just make us feel more and more and more alone in our world. How alone Job had felt. Surrounded physically, but so alone emotionally. And here's the problem. In all these dark struggles, in this journey, trust is challenged. See, trust is challenged in our dark struggles. That's the problem. What you trust or what you follow with, it's often broken down in those moments. And it seems so easy. It's so easy to praise God when things are going well. It's so easy to lift our voices and sing our songs and dance around and be all happy and excited when we have what we feel is the good life. When work is going good, when health is good, when family is good, when we have that good life, oh yeah, it's easy to praise him. But in the moments when the darkness hits, in the moments when struggles beat us down, in the moments of our lowest points of brokenness, do you praise him? Do you praise him? See, that's when trust is challenged. See, trust is not tested in the good times. It's not. It's when things don't go well, when things don't go our way, when our level of trust is revealed. It just is. That's the reality of it. Our level of trust is revealed when the good life is questioned, when the good life may be shattered. And through all the time of hardship, through all the difficulties that Job went through, he revealed that he trusted God. In Job 42 verse 2, Job said, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. See, he trusted God. No matter what you do, God, no matter which direction you choose to go, I trust you. And here's the biggest question that you can ask, that you need to ask within your own heart. Do you trust God? Do you trust him? Not just when life is going your way. But if you don't get the answers you want, if you don't get the outcome you hope for, do you trust him? Through it all, do you feel God walking beside you? Do you feel him with you? Another great Christian artist by the name of Toby Mack, this past, this past November, tragically lost his oldest son. And shortly after that, he shared this quote from A.W. Tozer, which says, God never uses anyone greatly until he tests them deeply. Guys, that's not an easy truth to comprehend. That's not an easy thing to take in. But there's so much truth to that. Because here's the hard reality. Sometimes we, sometimes you miss out on God's best because we're not fully trusting him. We're trying to keep control of the good life that I want. We're trying to be control of our own situations. And so often we are missing out on God's best because you are your God rather than Jesus. 
Just the reality. And we need to be honest with that. You want to experience God's best. You want to know the good life that truly only he provides. You need to trust him fully. And that's a scary place to go. You know why? Because trust is scary. Trust is scary. It's saying, God, I have no control. I'm just giving it to you. And whichever way you choose to go, no matter how you choose to come through, I trust you. I'll walk with you. That's what Job said in Job 42. And so often I feel like we miss out on what God desires, God's best in our life, because we, we, don't, we don't do that. God, I, I love you and I trust you when life is good. But man, when, you, when things don't go my way, how dare you? Where are you? And you know what? Job went through that too. He did. Because our dark struggles, our wrestling match with control is ultimately, it's a journey through trust. This is what this is all about. It's a journey towards trust. And that's what Job's story is all, is all about. It's a journey through trust. The Job you see at Job 1 and the Job you see at Job 42 are two different men because of the experience they went through. That's, that's what happens. And when, what you see here is when bad things happen, our ability to trust is ultimately tested. It's just the fundamental reality. When bad things happen, our ability to trust is tested. And through it all, Job went through some bad stuff. And when he first opened his mouth, after this time of silence of seven days, when he was in his most broken point, Job said this in 3.1, that he curses the day of his birth. In this moment, Job was so broken, he said, I don't even want to exist anymore. God, Wipe me off the face of the earth. Make it like I never was even here. I don't want to live. Have you ever been so broken that that's how you felt? Such a dark, dark place. That's where Job was. And he went through this journey of understanding of what trust is. You see, when bad things happen, when control is lost, when our trust is, is challenged, our first, first natural tendency is to question and maybe even possibly accuse God. That tends to be our first natural tendency. That's what happened with Job, and that's what happens to all of us. And let me tell you something. Before you start feeling all guilty because you question God or you feel that you have or you are accusing God in this moment, this is not a guilt trip. This is not for you to feel like you're so beaten down, like, oh, great, now I'm going to hell. No. Understand something here. This is a natural human tendency. God knows this. He knows this. But in our journey, we need to work through it. The problem that destroys so many of us is that we don't journey through it, and we find ourselves just stuck in the rut of this um, self-pity and of being beaten down and just feeling overwhelmed with all the anxiety in our thoughts and we find ourselves in this whirlwind of just accusing God and questioning God and we never work through it. We just stay in it. And that's a serious problem because if you stay in it, it will destroy you. It will destroy you. But if you journey through it, God reveals something greater on the other side. It's his strength 
and his goodness. You know, through all of his, through all the journey of suffering, Job revealed this struggle. Through his journey, he accused God. Through his journey, he questioned God. In fact, here's just some of the moments when that happened. First in Job 19, Job said this, Know then that God has wronged me and has closed his net around me. Behold, I cry violence, but I get no answer. I shout for help, but there is no justice. And then later on in Job 30, Job again in a rough spot said, I cry out for you, to you for help, but you do not answer me. I stand up and you turn your attention against me. And Job found himself in a broken spot of accusing and questioning God. And the question is, do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like Job said, there's no justice for us? It seems like everybody else, life is going good, but life is just constantly beating me down and destroying me, and everybody else seems to have the the good life. Or maybe you feel like Job where, okay, I'm broken, and I'm going to God. I'm going to God, but he's not answering me. It's like he's not even paying attention to me anymore. He's not listening. That's what Job said when he said, God, you turned your attention against me. And Job accuses God of acting unjustly. And during this time, that with his friends who are blaming him of his sinning and, and they're all believing that God's operating out of his justice and just beating him down. And even through all this, Job revealed, God, I don't understand. I gave my life to you. I serve you. I sacrifice for you. I did everything for you. And this is how you repay me? This is what I get? It's a real struggle. And I wonder how many of us in our moments when life beats us down, we go through that journey. God, I give my life to you. I serve you. I volunteer at the church. I teach Bible studies. I tell my friends about you. I I, I bring them to know you. I baptize them. I've done everything you've asked. I live for you. And this is what I get. That's our today's version of Job's struggle. But it's a natural tendency that we have to break through because often it's our limited view of what's going on and who God is. You know, even through all this time, we question God. And so often trust is challenged because we are so focused on our current pain. We're so focused on our current suffering and the moment that is right in front of us. But to find strength in these moments, we need to look beyond ourselves to see what God provides. We need to look beyond ourselves to see strength that is bigger than us. You see, your strength will never be you. And the problem is so often when we try to have control of the situation is because we have such a limited view into thinking that my control of the situation is strength. And it's not. That is really a sign of weakness. And it's destroying us. But you want to find strength. You need to realize the strength is not me or comes from me. It is Jesus. It's bigger than me. You see, strength is found when you remember what God has done and understand his nature. That's where strength is found. In understanding who God is, how he's come through in the past, and how he operates, and how he was there for you moving forward. You know, like I said, I'm a control freak. And the problem with my control is the fear of losing control when maybe health situations don't go the way I want them to with my family. And you know why that all stemmed? What that stemmed from 
is because years ago, health situations hit my home with my wife and, and my boys. And I remember at one time, one of my sons was waiting for a biopsy report. And it was a low time. And I remember that whole week living in fear of what may happen. And I'll never forget the day the doctors called to give us the news that we did not want to hear. It was not the news that we hoped for. And everything worked out, but on that day, I was broken. I was down. I was beaten up. And I had all the thoughts of Job. God, why? Why, why did you do this? Why are you allowing this? I've, I've given my life to you. I've sacrificed so greatly for you. Every day I live is for you, and this is what you do? And I remember just being so low with the uncertainty of what came next. And I will never forget my wife, who's so much stronger than me. She looked outside our window. She said, Bill, look. And outside our window was one of the most beautiful rainbows I ever saw. You see, biblically speaking, the rainbow is God's symbol of protection for his people. That's what it stands for. And I'll never forget my wife and I staring out our window in that moment of brokenness and seeing, look, God's got this. He's got this. I don't know how it's all going to work out, but God's here. He's speaking to us right now. If we just trust him. See, when we remember God's strength, I'm sorry, when we remember how God came through, when we remember what God has done for us, that gives us strength to go through because that same God who did it before, you can believe he's going to do it again. God's got this and God's got you. He's got you. If you just trust him, you know, ultimately, wisdom is what gives us strength. The most amazing part in Job's story, it's like through the crisis of this whole situation, about halfway through the book, the, the, the story, Job kind of pauses. And it's almost like he's going through this mental dialogue within him himself and God of trying to process everything that's going on. And here he is trying to figure out how God works, who God is, how God came through, and everything that happened in this situation, and, and giving it over to God. And he realized something as he went through his righteousness and his godlessness and his suffering. He realized something about the heart of wisdom. In Job 28, Job says this, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. You see, I feel in this moment, Job learned a valuable lesson. Strength is not found in our ability to control our situation. Like I said, that is not strength. Strength is found through God, through Jesus. That's where strength is found. He said to fear the Lord. That phrase is actually like a respect, an understanding of who God is, how he comes through, and his promises that he always provides. That's the respect that we have for God. God, you've got this. And then to, to, to depart from evil means I'm 
going to walk away from my own self. I'm going to walk away from my desire to control the situation. I'm going to walk away from my own bad choices. And I'm just going to journey with you. That is where strength is found. That's where Job found his strength. And here's where trust comes in. Turning it over to God is accepting the fact that the end results, hear me out on this please, that the end results may not go the way you want them to. The end results may not be what you hoped for. May not be the good life that you had on, in your mind that you really want. But you know that God has your best in his mind. And that God, no matter how this all works out, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to trust you. Because you give me what's best. You give me really what is the good life. You know, I don't believe that Job was necessarily happy with how things turned out. I don't think he was happy with all that he lost, all of his riches, all of his house, all of his property, all of his children were gone. I don't think he was sitting there like, okay, now I'm good with it. That's not the story. He was not good with it. But he trusted God. See the difference? He trusted God through it because he knew God ultimately had his best in mind. And what God provides is far greater than what this world could ever give. And that's the trust that Job had. And through this journey, God never explained the suffering. He never explained why it all happened. But he reminds Job, and I believe he reminds us, that we live in a complex, complex world. And he asks Job, and he asks us as well, just to trust his character, to trust his wisdom, to trust you may not understand it all. You may not get all the answers you hope for. But know this. I'm going to be right by your side. I'm going to give you strength. I'm going to give you comfort. I'm going to give you peace. I'm going to give you something that this world could never provide. Because I love you. That's God's promise. You see, when strength is found, then trust is gained. That's where it comes. When I have strength in knowing that God, I see how you came through. I see how you took care of me through those dark days. And when the next batch of dark days come my way, whenever that may be, I'm going to have strength because I remember how you, did, you came through in the past. And no matter what happens this time, I know you got this. I know you got this. It may not be easy, but I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to trust you you. You know, at the end of the journey, that's what Job came to. Let me reread a verse and a couple other verses from uh, the end of Job's story. Job 42 again says this, I know that you can do all things, Job said, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Later on he said in that same chapter, I've heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes sees, sees you. Therefore I retract and I repent in dust and ashes. See, Job finally understood. And you know what he understood? That God is sovereign. God is sovereign, which means he is the one 
who has the control. And in his goodness, he provides that control. And we do not have the control. We don't. But God always is by our side. Do you know that? Do you know God is walking beside you? Maybe that's how we can find the comfort that delights in our soul, that gets us moving forward, that helps us to get up for the next day. Again, Psalm 94, when my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your consolations delight my soul. Our strength is in his comfort. And that strength is, gives us the ability to trust no matter what tomorrow may bring. What Job learned, what Job experienced was that in the dark struggles, in his brokenness, God was with him the whole time. And I want you to know that too. In the good days and the dark days, God is by your side. Stop trying to have control of everything because ultimately you don't. And we're just kidding ourselves when we think we do. But let's give it over to God. Let's give him the control. Let's trust him fully and see the good life that only he provides, even when everything around us may be falling apart. Let's pray together. <clears throat> Father, we love you and we praise you because you are good. And Lord, right now we just come before you. Lord, in our brokenness, in our sorrow, or maybe even our joy, Lord, we just lay everything at your feet. Lord, we've tried to have control and we just learned that it doesn't work. Lord, we just need to give it all over to you to experience you more fully. And Lord, I pray for each person in this room, wherever they are at, that they just may experience you. Lord, may we find strength because of your promises. And through that strength, may we find the ability to trust you fully. Lord, we love you and praise you. In the name of Jesus, amen.